Let's dive back into Rapture. Today on Video Gameography, Episode 2 of Season 4, talking about the Bioshock series, where today we will be covering Bioshock 2. I'm your host, Marcus Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-host... Hey, hey, John Carson here. Uh... Didn't didn't really get the the cue there. It's only my second time. I was this, waving so. a cue card and oh, everything. It's, uh, those those invisible Florida cue cards. It's it's very foreign to me. It's what we're known for down here. Uh, but yes, false, false flags, false everything here in Florida. <laughs> Just a <laughs> bunch of fakers. Uh, but who is not fake? Is my guest. Uh, our first ever two time guest. Actually, I don't think oh, wow. I realized that until now, but wow, we're joined That's by people. yeah, you hear him right there, Mr. Alex Stadnick. Hello, sir. Hello, I am truly the Bioshock 2 of, of podcast <laughs> hosts. It's great, yeah, better. not yeah. as good as your first appearance, but still okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow, we could get really mean with that if we wanted to. Internet, I'll let you do that. But, uh, how's it going, fellas? Yeah, good. doing good. Uh, for those you don't know, yeah. Alex is uh, one of our awesome video editors here at Game Informer. Also a uh, Bioshock fan, would you say? I yeah. would say. At least I would I... hope so. You're on the sh- episode. <laughs> nope, I duped you guys. He's all we could get. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been... A, I, I talked to you guys in Slack, but I forgot how much of a Bioshock fan I was until we started talking about it. And you guys asked me on the show and I was starting to do research. And I was like, oh... This commanded a lot of my life as a gamer growing up um, because mm-hmm. I didn't get an Xbox 360 till like 07 or whatever. And then Bioshock had just come out. Right. And then, you know, I was I was there for the ride for two and infinite. So and, and what a, a ride it was. Let me tell you, folks. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. Uh, I think in the first episode, I don't remember if it was the first or second time we recorded the first episode. But I mentioned <laughs> how odd it feels that Bioshock's been out of the spotlight for so long because it's one of the biggest mm-hmm. franchises of all time. The first game's one of the greatest games ever made. And it feels like it was around a lot longer than it really was. Like, it feels like the Beatles of video game franchises where the Beatles really weren't around that long, but they made such mm-hmm. a mark that you're like, oh, yeah, from 07 to 2013, that is Bioshock's run. <laughs> and it's right. all three games have been confined to a single console generation. There hasn't been yeah. a new one since 2013. You know, it's been ported a few times, but when you look at it like that, it's like, yeah, it's, it is weird that this thing that was like everywhere was so big that we've it, it's just completely fallen out of the the public eye mm. i remember i remember talking with my friends about it worrying it was going to get annualized similar to that of a of uh, an assassin's creed right because ac came out similarly where it made that huge impact it became you know what it was a huge crowd pleasing seller right i was like oh we're gonna get bioshocks every other year and like i don't love that and then i got the monkey's paw of that where it's like nope you're just never gonna get another bioshock it's great <laughs> congratulations yeah it's like which one's worse really like do we want bioshock 2014 2015 2016 or none well i mean we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit but like that was kind of the vision yeah so like it just did not have it didn't materialize but uh that was kind of what 2k wanted from bioshock yeah for sure and just real quick i I know you're talking about bioshock as a whole alex but what's your uh history with bioshock 2 in particular um so i remember i was looking this up because a lot of times when i look back on these series unless we're like um unless they're they're kind of relevant today which bioshock is relevant today but like 
it's it's usually feeling right i remember how mm-hmm. i felt playing it i remember obviously some important story moments but it's like it's it's a feeling thing for me and i just i look back on cuz i didn't i didn't play bioshock 1 day 1 right it was after you know i beaten and played through halo got my xbox right and then um and then it was like okay what else can i play on this machine and i had heard you know i was tuning into to ign and game informer at the time so it's like learned about bioshock that way it was a game changer right we don't need to rehash that but in that phase right in those what two years in between three years in between two release years, uh, yeah yeah just about yeah Barely. i started <laughs> they started releasing the teasers right the something in the c.com or whatever it was and i was all in on that baby i was like is this gonna be is this, this is gonna be next bioshock right and then that trailer dropped and I remember watching, it was the, the one with the little sister holding the big daddy, yep. like plushie or whatever, and the city rises up around her. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting another one. And I think I was naive, even though I, I, I want to say I do like Bioshock too. Like uh, all kidding aside, I do. But it's like, I feel like I was taken in by the pregame hype more than the actual game which we can get into but i do like i genuinely love this game but i just remember feeling that that rush right you get as as a relatively new gamer right or like when you're new to a medium like film too right you're like nothing can be bad sequels are always going to be great and you know i was right to a certain extent right but i want to we can get into it more but and then so played through that loved it and then uh I think how I sold you guys to get me on this episode was I said I unironically love Bioshock 2's multiplayer. Like oh, yeah. we can we can get into it later, but I spent a lot of time in that multiplayer suite with my friends. And, you know, I'm sure history when we talk about Bioshock, we'd kind of push out the multiplayer, but I think that had some really good ideas. And if nothing else, it was a fun time. So um it is definitely story-wise, it's it's something I needed to be reminded of, right? And we'll, you know, we'll deep dive into it here, but um I don't think it is it is the train wreck that some people on the internet seem to believe. And talk about like a team that took on arguably the biggest challenge in games at that time. It's like we have a genre-defining first game right it did things for mechanics for fps's it did things for storytelling it's one of the best storytelling games of all time cool do it again and it's like without but, almost the entire team and uh, it's like but 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 you have two years yep <laughs> good luck so. and it's like oh okay like you know francis ford coppola took his time with godfather too right he got to you know we it took like 50 years to get blade runner 2049 or however long right so those people had more time than the poor folks at 2K Marin, but I do think they did a lot of great things with the with the project in the time that they they had. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, what about you, John? Uh, Bioshock Two was a complete miss for me. I I think I maybe played a demo uh, when when it came out, and it was around the time where I th- I think we might have talked about it on the last episode. Um, one one of the two <laughs> recordings. Uh, that's going to be a legendary lost episode. Um, but there there's a point and and we still see it somewhat today but there's a point in like around 2010 when publishers started uh farming out sequels to developers who did not develop the first game in a series 
or or the previous game in the series. Uh, I mean, we saw it with like Arkham Origins. We saw it with uh, um, with like Gears Judgment, with mm-hmm. uh, God of War Ascension. Um, though those were games where I'm just like, this isn't the vision of the studio. Like they may they may have input on where it's going creatively, but this seems like a side story more than anything. So uh, to me, that's just where my brain car- uh, compartmentalized this game. And uh, I never really... I don't think I, I gave it a fair shot at all. Um, after, after it came out and like I saw reviews and I did play like a little bit of that demo, I did uh, come around to it a little bit more, but I just never got around to actually playing it, so... Yeah, uh, my my main Bioshock history is mainly one in Infinite, so uh, a lot of this is is pretty new to me. Okay, uh, I think for me, I was like most people excited for this game. I love the first Bioshock, and when two was announced, it was this uh, there was excitement, but it was also like there was this weird thing about seeing the number two at the end of those, that that name. There's some there's some games that were a sequel feels more natural than others. Mm-hmm. And it's always the more, I don't say artsy, but something about like the critically acclaimed game of the year games that get another t- two at the end. You're like, it always feels weird, and you kind of get worried, like, oh, are they gonna run this into the ground? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of hesitation, but I remember getting the Game Informer cover story in like '09, and that just, cover is so dope. By it, the yeah, way, too, it is really with cool. the little sister. Oh my god! Yeah, easily one of the best. Yeah, <laughs> and like thinking the idea was cool of like okay you're playing as a big daddy and you're the first big daddy ever okay that's pretty that's different and i mean what sold me on this game more than anything and we'll get into this all uh, when we talk about the dev history was the idea of the big sister i thought that was an amazing concept and that was what put me over like okay uh, this game needs to exist i I need to know more about this that's such a really cool idea yeah Uh, and i think that was the beauty of rapture right it was like this place is its own thing it feels like it has so much stories inside of it that it could tell and especially seeing that big daddy in the first game right it's like oh i get to play as him now that's like the ultimate power fantasy for this scenario so i was like hell yeah like let's do this you know how strong they are you know what their capabilities are and you kind of want to see how the developers can expand on it um also kind of going back to what you were talking about alex before about seeing like the little sister standing at the beach and like looking at the ocean. That was the first time that we actually saw a little sister who had aged and mm. like seeing, seeing uh, that they, that they could grow up and like trying to get into that space of like, what, it, how are they mentally? <laughs> um, like what, what was that experience like for them? Uh, what's their experience like on the surface now? Like the potential for a Bioshock two is, is incredible, but I, I, We'll, we'll I guess we'll get into a more as we go, but like obviously they pared back what that like how broad that like the brush that they could paint with would be. Right. So. Yeah. So this game came out in 2010. We're gonna take a trip down memory lane and kind of run down all the big goings on of that year. Uh, in terms of video games, much like 2007, 2010 is remembered as one of the greatest gaming years of all time it's another year that we've talked about in previous seasons uh so you know 
just to run down the list of all the big games that came out, or at least the ones that I pulled. Um, in addition to Bioshock 2, we got uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2. We got Mass Effect 2. Uh, God of War 3. Red is Dead this just Is this just 2007 Part 2? <laughs> in <laughs> some of. ways, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got uh, Red Dead Redemption. Super Meat Boy. Limbo. Halo Reach. Kirby's Epic Incredible. Yarns, Civilization Holy 5. <laughs> I mean, it goes on. Donkey Kong yeah. Country Returns, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Like, this was That's a, a year. banger year, and especially Ooh. on the indie front. Like I mentioned, uh, Limbo, Super Meat Boy, Cave Story was this year. Uh, was this the year that the 3DS released? Uh, that was the next year, 2011. Okay. Got but it, it was got announced it. in 2010, so terms of news stories it was a big like oh okay three this was this was the the age of 3d is going to be a thing guys 3d tvs are all gonna <laughs> just happen. you wait oh yeah <laughs> you're gonna it's gonna change everything uh and in terms of uh movies that came out this year uh we got the king speech which won best picture at the academy awards uh Good movie. Actually, actually, you're a you're a movie buff you like that movie Love that movie. Very yeah. good. Okay. I like it too. It's, but yeah. Uh, movies that other big blockbusters that I didn't like as much, uh, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland was this year. Uh, we also got, I mentioned Scott Pilgrim before. This is the film came out this year to coincide yeah. with the game, or really the other way around. Um, Iron Man 2, uh, Black Swan, mm -hmm. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1, Toy Story 3, The Social Network. Thank you. I was going to say, if you don't say that one, that is the best movie of that year, I feel like. Oh, I was saving the best for last, Alex, because this is all the year that we got The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a quick story about that? Sure. We are in, we are in um, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, at my friend's cabin. Eagle River, shout out. Great place mm -hmm. to vacation. And, you know, we're a bunch of stupid kids. I'm in 10th grade at this point. We're not, you know, we're not out causing trouble. So we go, as any responsible child does, to the movie theater to go see it. Because I don't think we wanted to believe how bad this movie could be, right? Yeah. You know, and, I, and, when, and in 10th grade, I wasn't really engaging with reviews a ton. Well, that's not true for games and stuff. But movies, if I want to see a movie, I want to see a movie. So we go. We're like one of six people. You know, I think there's like 12 people in the theater. We're six of them, right? And it just progressively keeps getting worse and worse. And they start the movie calling him Ong. So it's like, okay, this, this, this can't be any worse than this, right? Nope, it continues to get worse and worse and worse. And by the end of it, I've never done this in a movie. I, I thought I was being very funny. And I stood up and I, I like gave it a standing ovation at the end of it. And my friends wanted to kill me. They were like pulling me down. And like I was like, oh, yeah, all these six Wisconsinites are really going to be <laughs> upset by this. But I couldn't believe that that exists and i still don't i refuse to acknowledge it as a, a work of art that someone created they were all there in water nation cosplay just <laughs> yeah, correct, super yeah. excited for it i yeah. burned half my face for nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that movie i i didn't see it at the times i i actually had not watched avatar when this movie mm. came out i remember seeing mm. the trailer and was like oh this looks rad i think that was the trailer it showed good there and the people are pretty psyched but I, yeah. I just wasn't watching the show at that point. I, I came to it later. Um, mm -hmm. But I did go back and watch the movie. And yeah, it is a hot garbage. <laughs> I, have, I have stayed away. Like, I love Avatar. I love that show a whole lot. And uh, yeah, once I heard that movie was a huge trash fire, I, uh, I stayed away. See, John, yeah. if you're a real fan, you would watch it. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I have watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation many, many times, so I think I could probably sit through. Is Ung in that well, too? <laughs> no, no. They called no. him Liu Kong, actually. Yeah, Liu Lu- Kong. Uh, the animalities are real bad, really bad claymate. Have you seen it, Alex? Mm-mm, no. Oh boy, I'm not yeah, big but... as uh, into Mortal Kombat as as the both of you are. I wish I was. I uh, say it's the last Airbender of Mortal Kombat. Uh, it really <laughs> is. It yeah. really is. We should do that sometime. We should just watch really bad movies. I'd be down. Cool. And yeah, in terms of world events of 2010, this was the year that the first iPad launched. Uh, This was also the year that, I never know how to say this, but Mm -hmm. uh, forgive me, Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest man-made structure in the world, that big tower that's in Dubai. Oh, yeah. You're close, Burj Khalifa. Burj? Is it Burj or Burj? Uh, Wiz you're you're close. You're in the ballpark. Yes, Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. <laughs> this was his father, Burge. <laughs> Burge. Uh Yeah, you know that 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 real tall building opened up in Dubai. Uh, this was the year of the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. This was also the year that the uh, Deepwater Horizon disaster happened. The big oh, no. oil ex- rig explosion that got a movie a few years later. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. With uh, some Mark Wahlberg, I believe. That feels gross. Rise and it feels zero gross down. that they made a movie out of that. Or maybe how soon it was. I mean, it was like at least five years, but I was going to say, like, I guess it doesn't really... Is it any maybe. worse than making a war movie, I guess? Yeah, but... they make movies out of everything. Yeah. Yeah, I One, mean, not that it's not like. Mm. I would argue Saving Private Ryan's not a propaganda movie like something like Deep Water Horizon <laughs> would be. BP's like, know? oh yeah, Mark, Mark Wahlberg, he's great. He saved the day, but we also killed half the ocean. So I yeah. left him in a perfect storm. Yeah. We're sorry. In this one. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is the year that that became a thing. Um, <laughs> in happier news, the Chicago Blackhawks. Won their first Stanley Cup since you 1961. You said happier, absolutely. Boo! Yeah. Well, for, for people in CM Punk was real happy. Uh, yeah, he was. People in Chicago, I don't watch hockey, so I'm indifferent. K Star Kim Wallace is uh, jumping for joy right this now. This is for yeah, Kim. So, so is Reiner probably. I don't know his allegiances for hockey. I don't know if he watches hockey. That's a good question. I don't know. And then again, last but not least, this was the year that One Direction formed. And and changed history forever. It gave us Harry Styles. It did. It give did. Us Harry Styles. And, hey. and now he's going to be in Marvel. Is he a Batman yet? He's in. Oh, he'll get. He'll get there. You know, he, in, he was in Dunkirk. I think. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, Dunkirk, he was in yeah. Dunkirk. Which I, I thought mean, was a good movie. I have not seen it yet. But and I, I like. It? I like his more recent albums too. Like it, he has a good sound to him. So, cheers to you, Harry. Cheers. This Cheers. podcast is for you, dedicated to Harry Styles. Uh, yeah. We'll have him on one day. <laughs> and yeah, in terms of uh, fun, uh, any personal facts about things you did in 2010? Just at least for me, real quick. Uh, it's my first full year of uh, game design school. I started oh, at, like late '09 and was there until 20, like early 2014. But yeah, okay. I was learning how to make video games and stuff. What about okay. you, John? Uh, this was the last time I was at a game convention. Uh, I, I went wow. to E3 2010. Um, was that the Connect year for Xbox? Was that their con- uh, that, that was the Connect th- year, wasn't it? Maybe this was the 3DS year. That's this is why I was asking because uh, I remember standing in like a long ass line uh, to see the 3DS, and someone from like the Nintendo booth just went, "You are you press?" I'm like yeah he's like come with me 
okay. He walked me around to the back and just like let me into the 3DS area to play Mario Kart and whatever else they had. So did he even check yeah, the back? He just looked into it and said, "Like, were you pressed?" <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I was pressed, but I was I was pressed for like a really small website. Right. So interesting. Yeah, he didn't, like he didn't even check. He just pulled you like, "Hey, you look like press." Come here, like he demanded. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, did I do something wrong? Gonna put you in front of this. Uh, did I rip, did I score something weird? What's what's going on? Is is uh, is Miyamoto gonna break my ankles? Where are we going? Be wild. Oh, that would be a story. Yeah, yeah. they're like, we uh, need someone to talk to Miyamoto. You're good enough. <laughs> that that was also the year where uh, on the last day of E3, we go outside, and there's just lines of cops with like riot shields and. Uh, like they're on horseback and whatnot. It was the final game of the NBA Finals that year, and the Lakers were playing like right next door, and were yeah. like they they won, and that town went wild <laughs> that okay. night. Uh, there was a lot of that's right, yeah, a lot of rubber bullets and and stuff, and cars flipped over, and lots thought, lots of stories from that night. I thought you were going to say that happened to be the same weekend that the last Airbender premiered, and that's why. <laughs> and, and cars were flipped over, and there were helicopters overhead. People were pissed. <laughs> LA, big Avatar fans, it turns out. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Alex? I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but anything come to mind off the top of your head? I uh, was a young man. I was in 10th grade, discovering the world around me. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything good in 10th grade. Not really. You know, you're just I was on the football team. Um, playing video games and I'm trying to think what else 10th grade did I go anywhere did I do anything yeah. did you catch the ball I catch the ball no I uh, prevented people from hitting the person who was throwing the ball okay. that was me so that's probably more fun line. you get the maim children no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one no one talks about the O-lineman unless you're in the NFL but uh, you know we're out there hey. we're doing the, the hey, dirty I work I appreciate so. your work what I'm here. I, I did it all for you, John. That's you are a wonderful yeah. meat shield. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah, you for your exactly. service. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I uh think I had already I think ninth grade was when I had my first like real girlfriend. So first kiss was probably ninth grade. So fortunately I can't hey. uh, there you go. So um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else is going on in a <laughs> high school like teenager's life at that point, you know. Everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. So thinking I think at that point I still thought I could be a doctor. That's unfortunate. Oh. <laughs> little Alex, yeah. I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people. Then I realized big dumb brain when it comes to, to science and math. So that didn't uh, didn't pan well, out. So. I mean, you're helping people in a different way now. And it's it's about their video game purchasing habits. <laughs> I'm a sounding board for the angst of the, the internet generation. You were the I'm voice of the voiceless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You knew it was over oh. when you kept confusing the lungs for their brain. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I didn't get further than What's this squishy mass in here? <laughs> real, real bad at that, uh, yeah. uh, Operation, the board game. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did dissect, because I think I took anatomy that year, and we got to dissect, like, dead cats, and that was cool. That was Open cool. it up, like, huh. where's the slice of bread? <laughs> yeah, so there you go. A little, little peek into my life. I'm a boring person. Hey. We're, you're exciting to us. That's why we, we're happy mm -hmm. to have you here. Mm -hmm. And why I'm also happy to talk about some dev history. You ready, guys? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, John, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so uh, dev history for this game. Uh, like, development for Bioshock 2 started a couple of months after the release of Bioshock 1. 
Um, development wasn't uh, picked up at Irrational or, or 2K Boston, as it was then known. Um, but rather, um, it was started at 2K Marin, uh, which was a sister studio uh, that was... Uh, Marcus, was it recently created around that time? Yeah, it was formed by um, some ex-Irrational folks, like pretty much yeah. right after there was an exodus of talent from Irrational after Bioshock 1 launched. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of uh, their top designers went on to, uh, uh, namely like Alyssa Finley, yep. who went on to become executive producer at Marin. And then uh, the guy we'll be talking about a lot today, uh, Jordan Thomas, who yeah. joined Irrational pretty late. He came in, I think, around January or the last year of Bioshock 1's development as a level designer. He helped design the Fort Frolic level in that first game. Yep. Um, and then he was hired by Alyssa to be the creative director of Bioshock yeah. 2. So she, she knows quite how a hard he's working uh, on, that, on that first game. Like when, when we talked about Crunch and stuff from, from Bioshock 1, like he was there until like 3 a.m. sometimes and, and working working his himself to the bone basically uh to to get some stuff done for bioshock one um when development started started uh started going for bioshock two Alyssa finley uh pulled him over and uh he became the creative director uh like like you said just just a a, a wild change in in uh in position like that's yeah. that's gotta be just earth shattering <laughs> like oh i'm i'm helping design these cool levels but now i'm now i'm creatively in control of this whole thing yeah You're she pulled up a, a yeah. beyonce and said like let me up let me upgrade you <laughs> <laughs> um is there any dev history that y'all found that answered the question of why irrational didn't do to other than were they just i think it's because interested a ton Pretty of much. people left <laughs> it okay. was that but there was a and we put uh there's a Eurogamer interview with Ken Levine from like twenty ten where he straight up said that they just felt like they had told the story they wanted to tell with Rapture. Because mm -hmm. you know, at this point they had already started planning Bioshock Infinite. Right. Yeah. Uh and so they wanted to do something completely new and he pretty much just said, like, yeah, you know, we did our thing. Like I have a quote here where he says the reason we didn't do Bioshock 2 is because the time frame that game had, which again, this will be a recurring thing, but the Bioshock 2 had a very tight very <laughs> development tight. cycle. Um, but he says the time frame that game had, and the company understandably wanted another game in Rapture, but we felt we had said what we needed to say about Rapture and those kind of environments and that kind of feel. And basically like we didn't want to repeat ourselves. Yeah. Right. So we said thanks, uh, but no thanks. Yeah, which, so, you know, there's an argument for, I think. But. So a, a little bit more background on Jordan Thomas, the creative director. Um, he originally wanted to kind of be in that Ken Levine position. He wanted to be a classic auteur um, and like have that full control of, of his vision. Um, he also uh, used to work at Ion Storm and kind of a little connective tissue here. Uh, like Ken Levine, he also worked on a Thief game before working on on a Bioshock game. So uh, he did some de he did some design work on Thief: Deadly Shadows, um, and then he was working on design briefs for Deus Ex Three at Iron Storm before it was canceled. So yeah. he's he had been in he had been in the industry for a bit. Um, so 
like he didn't just come in as like a level designer and then <laughs> promoted immediately to to creative director but yeah still wild though it reminds me of um it reminds me of conan o'brien's rise to late night where he went oh, yeah. from simpsons writer a celebrated simpsons writer but still just yeah. a writer in the simpsons to you are now replacing david letterman <laughs> on <laughs> a primetime late night show good luck that's a good one yeah i mean really all, all it takes is the the right person seeing the talent that you have and uh them uh elevating you so yeah taking a bet on you for sure yeah um that makes, that makes sense with some of the the mechanical upgrades that that game had too right i feel like if you threw someone in who had no concept of the first game they would have been i mean they wouldn't do that necessarily but like mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense why combat wise that game feels better than the first one yeah there there is a lot in this game because of once again the, the short time frame um that things are more of an evolution of of bioshock one than than its own entity entirely um so jordan's original vision for this game he had he had a few different ideas but um it it was originally supposed to be in a different city with different characters with a new story and uh they they really couldn't pull that off in the two years that they had to develop it uh so like they say in one of the behind the scenes uh there there's an interview that uh GameSpot did with a bunch of the developers but in there um they're like it the sequel always had to be rapture, rapture. like no yeah. matter what like that's what we knew the whole time obviously that's not what it was what it was originally supposed to be but uh PR wise uh that was that was the the line was this like n- no matter what this was going to be in rapture uh this was going to be a continuation of the first story and uh ultimately that's that's what it is um yeah it's like cuz um reading his uh vice did a really good interview with yes. jordan in like 2016 uh where he was just reflecting on bioshock 2 for a while and like it sounded like he wanted to do something that was maybe like scarier like he mm. he has a quote saying that his original pitch maybe his first pitch for bioshock 2 was that you would play uh an ex little sister and he said an underpowered return to rapture full of fertile drama that would be uncovered as he went and he described it as being silent hill like wow okay yeah. so when he says underpowered i'm i interpret it two ways it's either because you're a, uh, like a, a little sister that like you don't you're not as powerful as like the big daddy character is or there's not enough power going into Rapture, so it's a lot darker, and it, it does make a mo- like for a more horror experience. Yeah, I assume the, the Silent Hill thing made me think like maybe it'll be almost like an amnesia kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Of like maybe you're just like if you're playing in I guess an older little sister, like a teenage one, you don't have any weapons for whatever reason. You're not using plasmids, or maybe you're just not using as much of that stuff. So maybe you're just yeah. hiding more than anything. Yeah, or, or just uh, just avoiding things more, uh, but it's an interesting idea. Then, That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said something about um, like he doesn't even remember who told him this, but he thinks it was a marketing person basically going to him and saying like, "Yo, Bioshock could be the next big shooter franchise, like Gears of War or Call of Duty," and that kind mm-hmm. of turned him off a bit where he said uh he's a quote here where he's like good lord why did you hire me <laughs> 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 uh 
Because uh, you'd ha- you'd have to think like someone who's a new creative director, at least for like the publishing arm of it, could maybe force some ideas through a little bit easier because they might be more of a pushover. Like I, this is more speculation than anything, but it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case with him. He does talk about being like, I guess, like asking for people's feedback a little bit too much or being too egalitarian about the the process of, of developing the game. But yeah, like that's, I guess that that is a good question. Like why, why did they hire him if they're asking for those specific things? Yeah, because he, he strikes me in an interview as wanting, like you said before, he wanted to be sort of the auteur, like Ken. Yeah. But also, you know, working under Ken, even though he wasn't there as long as some of the other team members, you know, he was there during the roughest part of the mm. development like yeah. last year where they were crunching like crazy. And when Ken was maybe a little bit at his least bearable, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, you know, Ken was the opposite of what he wanted to be of like, he had a very specific vision and through hell or high water, we're going to do it, which maybe came out in not great ways sometimes working with him. And there was a lot of like creative clashing. Cause you know, he wanted things a specific way and he would butt heads with some of the design team and I can only assume that, like, you know, he saw that. He's like, well, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be the guy that's like, hey, everyone, give me your ideas and we'll take it to account. But even, like you mentioned, Johnny says multiple times in an interview, we're like, maybe I went a little too hard in that direction. Because mm-hmm. even when he was uh, when he was approached with, like, the, hey, this could be the next Call of Duty, maybe. Like, he even says, like, he should have said, he should have learned to say no, no. Yeah, early yeah. on. Cause, but he says, uh, in a quote here, he says, going from level designer to creative director is dizzying. I wasn't ready to say no. Mm. And he's like, and that is just the worst. If you don't know how to say no, especially to yourself, you are, at best, a rookie director. Yeah. Especially at the time period of this, that makes sense and also contextualize it, right? Because this is a postmodern warfare world right now where... I don't think two had come out at this point, right? Or had it? No, it had. This because twenty ten would have been the year of the first Black Ops. Mm, so even more so, it was like that mm. was peak Call of Duty when it was like, yeah. you know, great every year, and and like that was dominating the sales charts. It still is today, but um, so that 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 context helps with some of those decisions too, especially if those are coming from the boardroom where the guy with the cigar is like, what's a call of duty? We should do that. Let's, well, let's do that. Andrew Ryan in the boardroom. <laughs> and uh, I, maybe, maybe this is jumping the gun a little bit on this, but I mean, that points to why this game probably has multiplayer as well. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. That, Cause that they, era, they, yeah. Yeah. It was like, we need, we need to have multiplayer. We need to keep players involved for a long, a longer span of time. And, when they were approached by 2K to like add to add multiplayer, like they looked back at the original Bioshock and their whole stance was that the the story would be compromised uh, if they added multiplayer. Um, so it was kind of surprising that they were kind of being told to add it for two. Um, but that's but they, why, like, the saying no thing comes into effect, you know. I'm sure right. Ken said absolutely, do you swear on the show? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Sure. Abs- oh, I won't, but absolutely freaking <laughs> not. Like Coward. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a way that Ken Levine would probably do, right? Where if you're yeah. the new creative director and you have the board members and the, the executives telling you what this needs to be, it's like, yeah, okay. 
Well, so they they kind of did. Um, their their whole um, idea was to have another studio work on the multiplayer. So it wasn't actually 2K Marin that did the multiplayer for this game. It was Digital Extremes. So it was the the studio that did uh, the Unreal tournaments uh, for or Unreal Championship, excuse me, for mm. uh, for the consoles. Um, uh, they they did a few other multiplayer games as well. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was farmed out to them. Um, so at least like Marin could focus on the single player stuff, the stuff that mattered to them. 2k could still get their multiplayer mode. Um, but it did have, uh, a separation between the multiplayer and the single player. Like the multiplayer takes place way before the single player even does. Like it's not connected necessarily narratively to the Bioshock 2 experience. Correct, which actually is something I loved about it. Yeah, it's a it's a cool it's a cool setting, I think, and it makes it makes sense for how many people you would, I guess, narratively have to have involved in those conflicts, right? Yeah. Because that might not necessarily be the uh, the case at this point in the story, right? And that kind of became the, uh, you know, now that they're pretty much stuck in Rapture, for lack of a better term. I mean, yes. you know, they they embraced it. It's not like Rapture sucks, but it's like, well, this is what. So the hand that we have, let's work with it. So it kind of shifted to, well, how can we improve on the things from the first game that people didn't like or just add stuff that, you know, either we had ideas that didn't make it in the first game and we can do here or just mm -hmm. new stuff all altogether. Uh, so it's about uh, like the main thing, at least that stood out to me, was the idea of adding more non-splicer NPCs for people to interact with. Apparently mm -hmm. that was a complaint at the time or I guess some players were like, it'd be cool to meet more like regular characters because you know mm -hmm. outside yeah. of the people that you're talking to over the radio which you don't really meet them uh, or at least for the most part like it's really just those bosses you fight like the andrew ryan followers and other than that you're just fighting <laughs> monsters <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know you, you get, there's a lot more like other npcs in this game that you're encountering uh they decided to ditch the pipe hacking minigame which people Thank complained you. about did you, you know, we, we talked about this on the first episode did you, you didn't like them Alex? i did i did replaying it i think oh when did i play remastered collection a couple years ago i replayed it i didn't hate it but i like the system that they implemented much more i feel like it yeah it it kept the tension up while being respectful of your time you mm -hmm. know versus like the the puzzle minigame i think i like the puzzle minigame because i was good at it I never usually <laughs> failed, so it's like that felt yeah. good to me, you know. Um, yeah. But no, I think the upgrades they made in the second one for the, the that the hacking was was tremendous. So yeah, I agree. I I had forgotten what they had changed it to, so I until I replayed the first couple hours of this for this episode. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh yeah, that's right. To stop the meter thing, this is much faster. It it's easier. And granted, I've always been good at those kind of mini games. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like I, but I could imagine it still because I've known like. You know, not to bring up wrestling, but like the old 2K games have those for their pin system and crap. And those were yeah. crappy. That was a crappy way to implement it because you would lose matches simply because you just did not have the reflexes for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so I've always wondered if people if this was maybe worse for those people. Like, I'm just not I'm just not good at this. <laughs> so. right. Well, and eventually you got I think it was tonics that like widened the green space or the blue spaces on the on the like track yeah. and so so they did make it easier for people who maybe weren't as uh 
much of a fan of that system of puzzle solving and you could always buy the thing too right it's true you could bypass it together by paying like 10 15 bucks or whatever it was where you could just bulldoze in right like you know that you you definitely had options so yeah uh you know one of the you know the big thing with this game we mentioned before is that you play as a a big daddy the the first big daddy ever daddy Yes. The biggest so, daddy. Wait, hold on. So let's it's not it's not the first big daddy ever, right? Because it takes ever. place after Rapture. Oh no, no, no. It does because it's the game starts it starts ten years before prior. the events. That's right, right. yes. Right. It starts like not really that long, like right before the Civil War. Like the fall. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, yeah, it starts in nineteen fifty eight. On New uh, Year's Eve, which is kind of when the kickoff to the Civil War, I think. Yeah. Right? yeah because that's the kickoff that's where show, all the, yeah. That's where all the <laughs> decorations were uh, were set as in, in Rapture when you get there in the first one. Yeah. And they, the, the team wanted the idea of like, well, we don't want to do another sort of fish out of water story. So what if you play it as like an insider to Rapture, like someone that is part of that society? I mean, they're in the water anyways. That's kind of where Rapture. <laughs> there you play. go. What if you played a fish in water? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, who who more fun in Rapture than a big daddy i mean they got all the yeah all the guns the big drill they're they're powerful and mm-hmm. he's been all of the last game cowering in all of them so what if you gave players that power fantasy and <laughs> you know tying it to the idea of like okay you'll play as the the first one ever because then you can kind of uh you can kind of flesh out the backstory of rapture which is something that you know was touched on in the first game but still hadn't been super fleshed out yet like bioshock yeah. 2 fleshes out a lot more of like how rapture was built there was the uh like the andrew ryan amusement park that has the with the little dioramas that you mm-hmm. interact with that gives you the sort of like the abridged like yeah this is how we got stuff to the seafloor and we had a platform put some beams <laughs> and that's how we made a skyscraper it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so like uh, let me ask you guys like did you i like did you guys like that idea of being a big daddy as opposed to just being a guy so i i loved it on paper liked it playing but i felt this is part of why this game was was such a struggle right and and such a herculean task it's like you had to provide this power fantasy of being at the time, one of the more powerful, intimidating enemies we have in video games, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they necessarily hit that. Like, the mechanics in this game are great, and the additions they've made are are fantastic in comparison to the first game. But it's like, you, I never really truly felt like a big daddy because I got taken out, like, pretty, like, similarly to Jack, right, in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't feel... A- as much more durable as you would think no because like, i remember spent... replaying that opening and you're getting like swarmed and i was like oh my my health is low already huh right yeah so it's like and that's but that's that's not a f- necessarily the fairest criticism right because it's like uh, that just feels like you're kind of set up for failure in that way because like yeah you have the rivet gun rivet gun's great the drill is mm. great but it's not this unlimited resource right because then you'd be like if you were if you were living that power fantasy, you become a god very quickly, and then that gets boring after like six hours. So it's like 
I'm sure they spent a lot of time going like, what the hell do we do here? And then especially with two years, it's like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I like conceptually, though, I thought it was great. And I, I do like the fleshing out of of Rapture even even more. Um, and some the connection with the little sisters was really interesting seeing inside of that, like on a personal level was was cool, I thought. And I thought had some good story moments to it but i think i think it was such a challenge for for that team to nail the feel of um and i think they did the the best that they could with with what they, they had for sure yeah. i think mm-hmm. i always rationalized how fragile you were by because you were the first big daddy i was like maybe this is when the armor wasn't good enough because they you know right been, maybe they've been they soaking for a while yeah. <laughs> yeah like maybe i got like the the leather armor instead of the the mithril <laughs> yeah because they yes. didn't anticipate like oh these guys are getting jumped every two seconds because people really want that atom better right. strengthen them up then that becomes a problem between marketing and and narrative right because it's like marketing it's all like yeah you're a big daddy zaddy like you, let's you go remember these guys they murdered the hell out of you yeah so it's like okay well if that's not truly representative of your experience like that's where that you know kind of gets like murky yeah. a little bit you know um i don't know how how I don't, I don't know why i'm even bringing this up but um something about the big like being a big daddy to me this is this is part of my perception of the game as somebody who did not play it at the time um that it kind of painted you into a corner uh narratively or like just it like being being a big daddy, you kind of already knew what their function was in Rapture. And to me, like, I didn't see any way for that character to grow in interesting ways. So that was part of the reasons why I uh, I ended up staying away from the game as well, I think. Mm. Yeah, they do some interesting story stuff with that that I think mm. is pretty good. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's they're basically. It felt like... it felt more like a gimmick than than like an interesting character to me. Yeah, like an idea that was like better on paper, but then when you have to actually flesh it out, you're like, oh, right. How, and how, how and, do we make this engaging and interesting? Right. And and I I I feel like that's not a very valid criticism, as once again, as somebody who hasn't really played it. Um, but that's that's just what my feeling was at the time. Yeah, sure. I think one cool thing about it that the devs uh mentioned in those Gamespot interviews that uh they wanted players to spend more time with the little sisters before making the choice to harvest them and that being a big daddy gave that opportunity because in this game you can adopt them and you can carry them around for a while they can help you find uh corpses with adam uh and you can do the thing where you know you put them down and pretty much do a horde mode at that point yeah right little tower defense yeah Mm. yeah and they're like okay like what's cool about being a big daddy is that because they felt in the first game that maybe you some players maybe jump the gun a bit when making that like do i harvest them or do i save them maybe if we gave them more time like hey let's hang around not that they i don't think they were trying to steer people to like save them more but they wanted to change that dynamic because at least in the first game because you're a stranger in an unfamiliar land mm-hmm. and you know even if you decide to harvest the little sisters it's like it's reprehensible but only really because tenenbaum tells you that it is <laughs> uh wait a minute well i mean (laughs) well i mean also knowing that jack is like 
you know, Jack's sort of a blank slate. Like he's the winter soldier right. basically. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, does he have like a built in morality of like, Hey, this is just like, this is kind of effed anyway. <laughs> like you don't have to tell me that murdering a little girl is, is not okay. Um, but the idea like what I'm going with this is that it, when you're a big daddy who they have that existing relationship with little sisters, like that is their job is to protect them. And there is a, a bond, a manufactured bond, but still a bond. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so betraying, like you would, it feels more of like a betrayal to harvest them. Like you'll right. feel worse about it because you know, like the little sisters aren't afraid of you. Like they are with Jack. Like they see you and they're like, even when you kill their big daddy, they're like crying for two seconds. And then they see you and they're like, Oh, you're going to adopt me. Right. This will be great. And so like, to do that and then carry them around for a while and then decide like yeah i'm gonna kill you it's you know they want that to feel more affecting like oh you you turned on on them mm -hmm. like right. betrayed yeah. their trust and, yeah which well, i think i think it was pretty effective i mean anytime you kill those girls like i usually didn't in those games mm -hmm. uh they're too cute I can sit here and honestly tell you and our, your audience here that I have never killed a little sister in those games. Like, <laughs> really? Not, not even, not even on a replay just to see, nope. like, oh, I want to see the bad ending. I'm a big softy boy. Like, I'm the one who chooses all the good stuff in Fallout and Mass Effect. I am yeah. the Boy Scout because yeah. it's like, I can't imagine slaughtering a little girl. Sorry, world. Um, but I do think in that, in that same vein, right, I think that led gameplay-wise to some of the best moments of Bioshock 2 when you choose to adopt instead of harvest because it sets up that horde mode right and there's there is a tension there because you're choosing to care about these people right mm. um and also on a gameplay level right like you're also getting a ton more atom like and having being able to like set things up with the use of the the um your plasmids or whatever and um like setting the traps for splicers and stuff like that i those were some of my favorite memories when i think about that is like set it using the rivet gun to set traps and then like you know having people walk into the traps that you set and go flying into the air and then you just blast them with lightning like that kind of stuff is is i think some of the highlights of that experience for me personally i would pretty much just make a little square barrier around the little sister like they were yep. she was like in a cage basically of, <laughs> of yeah. minds and in the event that someone slipped by and it's like all right i got i got something waiting for you when you uh, say it like that it doesn't necessarily sound as merciful or altruistic <laughs> yeah go, hey, you see that rotting corpse over there little girl yeah have at it you go take poke a little at needle. that thing yeah. I, need it. <laughs> I mean they like it right uh, that's yeah. all that matters right Just, yeah, yeah. yeah they get real excited yeah. when they see it makes them know better it as adults but whatever happy. you know yeah, yeah. uh it, i think that's a good uh segue into the just the combat in this game this game's a lot more actiony mm -hmm. than the first game yeah. like even thomas described it as the aliens to bioshock's alien yeah um yeah. you know they you got a lot of guns in this you mentioned the rivet gun uh and mm -hmm. got the uh i forget what it's called but the, the the spinning gatling gun thing um it's not the yeah the, and, the, and there was a, like a, a minigun yeah yeah minigun yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you know there's like multiple ammunition for each gun like three each and then they expanded yeah. the plasmids too where you could upgrade the plasmids now and get like like you know it wasn't just basic fire like you could have it shoot like a fireball right and stuff or like so, lightning like took out the whole room or chained the lightning compared to just like hitting that one that one person 
Yeah, which I I actually really like that. I thought that was again yeah. like the 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 combat system in general was a lot more fun, even though you, you may not have felt as durable as maybe a big daddy should. But at mm-hmm. least offensively, I felt more like a big daddy with all right the... you're more capable than you were as jack like jack you had a gun and you had a, a magic hand like those were those were your, your two <laughs> so uh, your two weapons yeah uh, you had a wrench too i guess but like oh yeah that's the best yeah but it, but yeah like giving you all these options for like upgrading your plasmids and having rivet guns and drills and mini guns and all that stuff like and be able to use your plasmas at the same time as your weapons, I think was a huge boon yeah. for especially that that style right there. I like the aliens versus alien comparison there. That's good. Um, yeah, it made it combat so much more fluid, which you needed in those those tower defense type of moments when you're trying to save the little sister. So Yeah. And it, you kind of need all that anyway, because this kind of leads into really the biggest new thing in this game, which is the big sister. She's um, dope. I'm just going to say it. She's dope. I love those. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The big sister is interesting. So this is my. So the the idea of the big sister was that uh, like she came to be because the dev team realized if you're playing a big daddy, you need an enemy that can stand up to you. Right. You know, like we need some like we need something that is better than you to to actually challenge you. So what does that look like? And, you know, came up with like, hey, what if one of the little girls, you know, little sisters grew up and became a big daddy herself in a weird way and yeah. was basically the opposite of you where the big daddy is slow and lubbering. The big sister is agile and, and fast. So they're like running circles around you. They're just as durable as you are, if not more so. <laughs> yeah, for and, real. and they've also got, they're like hopped up on Adam where they have all kinds of freaky powers. They're like levitating entire rooms and just flinging furniture at you <laughs> and just doing all this wild stuff. And originally when the Bioshock 2 was announced, and for a good while, the big sister was supposed to be a single enemy who would Mm. be a big character in a story. She was supposed to be sort of a persistent enemy in the way that, like, Nemesis or Mr. X is in Resident Evil. And even in our cover story, it was still uh, that version of the big sister where she, you would run into her uh, repeatedly throughout the story and, you know, every fight with her would be, you know, you'd get out of there by the skin of your teeth and you would never kill her. You would just repel her for a while. Mm. Um, but she, it was supposed to kind of create this tension of like, oh, you know, she's watching you. You don't know when she's going to show up. And the mist- uh, one of the big plot mysteries would be like, who is the big sister yeah. who is bringing all these girls from the surface to turn them into new little sisters? And the original reveal was going to be that she was Eleanor Lamb, who is a big character in this game because she was your original little sister Mm -hmm, um, before she gets taken away by Sophia Lamb, which is something that still kind of happens anyway, um, just in a much different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that original idea a lot better, though. I do. uh, This is something that has always bothered me about Bioshock 2, is that to this day, I am still salty that they changed that idea to making the big sister a faceless enemy type because now in the finished game there's multiple big sisters and you're just kind of mowing through them they're still hard but yeah you know it's that separation in your mind though too where it's like you can stun mr x right but you don't kill him there's there's a fear there right that doesn't Mm -hmm. you kind of prove to yourself with the multiple forms of them where it's like oh i can kill these the the tension's not there as much versus it's if it's just one you're like oh 
like every time and even because those I maintain those those fights were still scary. I thought they were, you know, they did a good job hyping those up and making them difficult. Right. But if it's the same one over and over again and she's learning new tricks and like learning new ways how to stop you, that feels like a missed opportunity for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently the reasoning that 2K Marin gave was, I guess, either when they were testing it or have focus sessions play. Like, they basically thought that it got repetitive fighting her over and over and that it was unappealing because of that and that some players maybe weren't satisfied that you couldn't just kill her. Mm. Um, again, <laughs> for me, I disagree <laughs> strongly yeah. with that. Yeah, Because, uh, like, that's, like... It's like it worked for Nemesis. Like you don't fight him for real until the end of the game, I, and I, you're just running away from him. The the easy solution for that is you you fight her, and then she leaves like a reward behind, or like like that like something that you know. It's like the end of the battle. You won. You got something from yeah, maybe it. Maybe like, like a clue as to who she is. Something. Yeah. Like that. Or like she, audio you know, log or whatever. Plasma. You know that yeah. that you haven't had. Like yeah. Because I think she was um. I don't remember if it was the original Big Sister when it was just one or if they all had them. I didn't really notice when I was replaying some of this, but I think the original Big Sister had was carrying the, the Big Daddy doll that you saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And that was like a clue of like, oh, is that the same girl? Because um, like even visually, I think the Big Sister looks cool. Like her basket has like ribbons on it because that's where she carries the little sisters and and like just a lot of little visual storytelling things of like what her role is in the city and i like i just remember just being it's still one of my biggest video game disappointments honestly like i've never truly gotten over it even like i remember playing bioshock 2 and it came out and you know you get that amazing intro to the big sister that mm. uh that never really changed i never realized like cause watching the videos of like in 09 when it was still just one big sister uh, her introduction is pretty much the same when you, you see her in the hallway and then you know, go into the, the the big like ballroom or whatever it is. And she like does the little jump where she like cuts the glass and, oh, and floods the so room. good. Yeah, yeah. Like that was all there like real early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wow, they really just I mean, it's good because that's such a cool intro. Yeah. And, you know, and just like seeing her flipping around. She's like in the ceiling. You all you see is that big glowing red eye. And you're like, mm-hmm. she going to come back. Is she leaving? I don't know what to do here. <laughs> yeah, right. I. And, did she have a, a scary noise too? Because I, I think I'm conflating she had like a her. Scream. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, I know Songbird in Infinite had the screech, but I was like, I think mm-hmm. she did too. Um, yeah, because, it wasn't like as like powerful as like a Songbird, but it was definitely like a especially in like one of those early trailers when she like jumps in your face mm-hmm. and she has like that weird sort of mechanical shrill. Yeah. Oh yeah, big sisters are dope, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're dope, but man, they could have been it so could have been <laughs> yeah yeah 100 yeah i would love to know uh, you know listeners let me know if you prefer the idea of her being a single enemy or if you like what they did with her because i've always gone back and forth with people on that uh because a lot of people don't even know that that's what it originally was supposed to be but yeah what about you john where do you land on that uh i i would also prefer the the single little sister or sorry big sister um mainly because part part of it's because we I feel like you would have seen them in the first one uh, if there were if there were a bunch of them like we had all these these big daddies. You would think that you would hear at least something about big sisters. So if there's just one, there's like an easier narrative reason to for them to like not be as known. Yeah. Uh, but if there's like a, a, a fleet of them, 
that's, that's different <laughs> is it the palpatine's army thing in rise of skywalker uh, yeah like, kind of this together <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean because the the gap is 10 years right it's 10 yeah, years eight after years. eight years excuse me yeah. at least oh, after, okay, yeah okay. after the end of the first oh right game. right yeah so yeah. there is time to because it seems like from what i remember the big sister even at that point is a more recent thing yeah, like it wasn't like right. the moment jack left they're like let's get started it know. took a few years yeah. before they i don't know started. what i'm thinking of thinking about <laughs> then um but yeah i mean i would i I think I would still prefer just just the the one. It, it sounds more interesting to be. I than do think I think your point is multiple. taken though, especially like in this point, Rapture is crumbling, right? We are yeah. far from the glory days. Like, how do you have the ability? How to do we fix it? Let's make terrifying lady <laughs> big sisters. Yeah, yeah. Because at that point, the the hierarchy had fallen apart. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like Ryan was gone. There's this big power vacuum. That's where Sophia moves in and established her own order but like little sister production had stopped and she was like nope yeah. we're getting that back together uh but let's make a better version of what we were doing mm-hmm. uh so yeah you know it, it makes sense i just yeah should have been just one i'll never <laughs> let go of that <laughs> 2k <laughs> uh one one quick uh, uh development thing that they that they did try to implement but ultimately did not make it was the inclusion of uh little brothers uh, right. to to go along with this whole uh gender bending uh situation um yeah i mean that's that's basically about it there's some there's some concept art of it but it was something that was that was definitely considered for there was the but there was no like mechanical reason behind them uh they so there's no satisfactory answer uh to why all atom gatherers were female um gotcha but yeah, yeah it says that they were failed experiments um they were they were going to be a little bit more aggressive than than uh little sisters were like they were going to act different um and and probably they, give you a different choice altogether yeah, like the concept but, art looks like a somewhat deranged like, boy like a like young beetle juice <laughs> <laughs> young beetlejuice yes. young beetlejuice <laughs> if they if they just went and murdered someone sophia would just be like well boys will be boys or the girls yeah, got a time out like that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's sophia yeah. Yeah. uh yeah apparently they would have had their own little therapy room that got reworked into the uh the therapy wing for the or, or the pediatric wing for the little mm-hmm. sisters and, and mm-hmm. persephone um but yeah there is a concept art out there uh where they so this was on the table for a bit, which, because yeah, I never realized until I, I found this out. Like there isn't really a real explanation in Bioshock's lore of why it can only be girls that can be Adam Gatters. No. Yeah. There's one. There's literally only one uh, audio file in the first game that touches on it with Ten and Bomb, but even her explanation is very, or not even really explanation. She just kind of says like, "Yeah, I don't know why it has to be girls." <laughs> <laughs> that's girls just how like it works. Slugs. That's how it works. Yeah, I guess I, I I didn't realize it until I like I said I was like yeah I guess I I, I, I mean, guess I never really a, thought about why it's only little girls. Right. Is it a <laughs> is it a gender role thing too? Because especially in the fifties, it would have been you know if if they're looking at this through the lens of like hunter gatherer society, right? Mm. Women were historically the gatherers. Like I don't know, that feels like I'm looking too deep into it, but. Yeah, I think Fontaine in that I just found out the transcript from that audio log and Tenenbaum says Fontaine only said. Ah, you know, one less bathroom to build in the orphanage. Oh, so rampant oh, sexism. Shocking yeah. in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that, that's like the closest thing to a uh, reasoning for this. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, 1950s attitude towards women uh, 
not great. Not great. <laughs> not the most progressive thing, let alone in an undersea city where anything goes, basically. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of the other development stuff I have is is really like other ideas that they had for the game. But like at the end of the day, they didn't like this game is a rapture. It's a sequel to Bioshock one. It's all it's all rapture stuff. It's all it's all a follow up to what happened in the first game. Like, yes, they. They attempted to. Uh, That's kind like, of what they were fighting against. Too. Right. Yeah. They knew. They, they knew. But like they were they were also like some of some of the ideas that were that were tossed around f- for this one were like, oh, is it going to be is it still going to be like a, a like a city in the ocean? But is it going to be floating floating on top of the water? Is it going to be something flying in the sky, which we do see in infinite eventually? Um, or is it going to be something in space, which is uh, one of the original ideas for the original Bioshock? So, uh, I mean, we could talk about all the possibilities that they that they wanted to do all day. What but if it was all... space water? Like, what oh, if they brought space water? What if they pulled water. space into the ocean too? So hey. it was wet space. <laughs> you 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 what some. Space? You, That's my you, new horror game. Yeah, <laughs> you rise to the surface and you're on one of the moons of Saturn. It's a crossover between Dead Space and the everyone's favorite third person action game, Wet. <laughs> Love Wet. Yeah, yeah. Can't stop talking about it. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> I think if we want to focus on the the what this game is versus the what ifs, yeah, I do think they did a good job once again with what they were handed right it's like oh this has to be rapture fine we're gonna you know hit obviously the points that fans remember but i also think like like persephone was a cool area right there were some cool areas within the game that i thought fleshed out the city more because it's hard to like you know if you're taking external feedback right and everyone is praising this first game because of the city being a character like it was that type of game it's like well people love this let's give them more of that this is this is the steve carell and anchorman 2 where it's like oh no this we gave too much too too much it's not nearly as bad as that but it's like it's especially when you look on like the executive level i feel like people are like okay what worked cool we're gonna really drill that home and you know literally yeah literally (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it, it it is an interesting challenge to like how do you follow up that first bioshock where do you go from there what do you what do you build off of and it's like we do only see a small portion of the of rapture in the original bioshock you are kind of only dealing with like the major players um in the original bioshock there's a lot more going on and and we uh, i believe marcus touched on it before like how are buildings built and and all all this other all these interesting questions about about rapture yeah showing Um, off the like they pretty much did what i guess you would do uh like the easy answers on a on a whiteboard uh like we'll add add more places here's some areas that maybe we were mentioned before that you can go to now or just bring a new place like the you know the the being able to travel around the the tram system Mm -hmm. uh like that stuff uh but yeah it's it sounded like even in even Jordan Thomas, like reading that Vice interview, you get the sense like like he's ultimately happy that they pulled off what they did in the time that they had and what they had to work with. But even he seems a little bittersweet on it, right? Like especially yeah. like again having to do Rapture again, like 
he had this quote that sounded kind of sad where he's kind of critical about the, at least the story of saying that you know that's what we heard a lot yeah it's just that underwater place again and he says that the first half of the story in his opinion is the weakest because it's just rehashing yeah mm-hmm. and he says i don't think the writing reaches a crescendo like the original did which, I mean, which he's right i mean you you are going up against like an instant classic like you're trying to build off of that so like a lot of the the surprises are uh, of that world are already exposed um yeah. really you're filling in a lot of the details and sometimes that's that's great for like new character work and and all of that but you're not going to have the shock and awe that you would have from the original bioshock and oh. Uh, at the end of the day, another another quote from that that interview, uh, Jordan Thomas was saying like it like Bioshock Two made money. Um, <laughs> no one said to us you you guys failed. Uh, he says, but I think everyone was was hoping to relive Obama's original election. <laughs> I wanted I wanted aliens. I think we ended up with a solid pitch black. Huh. Which uh, which is an interesting way to uh, yeah. To, to think about that so he even like i feel like that team is even like this is good not great you know yeah yeah and it's interesting too like how do you fill the void of not only rapture of that of that sense of wonder and surprise right but also of andrew ryan and yeah. it by the way now i cannot i in my head now it's almost a, a when i'm like speaking a different language where i always think andrew reiner now I, was, I have to like, I, yeah, I've said that before like too. consciously <laughs> like say no Ryan um you know Andrew Ryan is is one of the great villains in in games as well so it's like and and you know I think that's honestly no shade but it's like I think that's a lot of the gamers first time learning who what like libertarianism and like Andrand yeah. is and and like oh, yeah, sure. shrugged you know what I mean and it's like how do you follow that up and I do think this game poses different interesting political like ideas too because it's more focused on like something like marxism or like um communism right you know yeah uh, lamb yeah. is forming her community right in a way that ryan would detest but right. yeah but i don't think especially like her side characters too don't necessarily live up to the hype of what you know what the first one first game was and i'm bad with names but like just from like um oh this is gonna bother there me was a, the singer uh, that's when, when that Grace moment Holloway. where you, yeah great yeah she was great but that moment you walk into the theater and the guy's playing the piano in the first game and he like loses his mind and it's not fun mm-hmm. that's gonna bother me but anyways and like kills the guy on stage or whatever it was and it's like oh like the instant tone setter you knew what you were dealing with here and then the second game it just it had those moments but it felt more derivative than revolutionary and once right. again it's just we, we need to giving. we need to play off of that that again. We need mm-hmm. to try to make moments like that again. Yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah. probably a good segue to get into the actual story of this game. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're fine. That, that, like, that you can only like dance around segue. it for so long. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like we mentioned before, the the general premise is that you know you're playing the first Big Daddy ever. The game opens in 1958, New Year's Eve. Um, you're with your little sister, who is Eleanor Lamb who is the daughter of Sophia Lamb, who is the main villain of this game. And, you know, she takes Eleanor away from you and then orders you to shoot yourself in the head just through the mental conditioning that Big Daddies have. And, you know, you're thought dead, and then a decade passes, and you reawaken back in Rapture, and you're 
you're pretty much spending the entire game trying to reunite with uh, Eleanor because yeah. uh, you're going to die if you don't because the mental conditioning that Big Daddy's have with their little sisters, if they're separated for too long, then they just shut down, basically. Uh, so you're working with Tenenbaum, who has come back to Rapture because little girls have been getting abducted on the surface. So she picks up like, okay, somebody has started making little sisters again. I thought we put it... You know, we ended this in the first game, so I got to come back down and get to the bottom of this. And mm-hmm. so she's working with you. You know, you're helping each other out. And Sophia Lamb, I, you know, I, I think Sophia Lamb is a good character. Like, you know, she had the, the impossible role. Like, how do you replace Andrew Ryan or, mm-hmm. or even Frank Fontaine? Like, you know, she's the voice in her head. She's the one taunting you. And I think you mentioned, Alex, that you know, she's ideology or excuse me idealism or ideal god my (laughs) ideology wise she is completely different from andrew ryan and you get you get to see that through the audio logs where because her story is that she was a psychiatrist brought to rapture to kind of help uh like ease people into the idea that you were living under the ocean uh but she was actually using her practice to brainwash people and form her own like literally a cult like she calls it the rapture family so she's pretty much like charles manson (laughs) i love that wrestling stable i love the rapture family oh yeah they split them up way too soon (laughs) there's so much more meat on that bone uh and you know there was she was bumping up against andrew ryan you get the logs throughout the game of andrew ryan kind of like talking about her at first he's like he kind of sees what she's doing, but he's tolerating her because he's like, uh, maybe he doesn't take her ass seriously. But then they have like the public debates where she's pretty much schooling him and getting people on her side. Uh-huh. You know, after everything goes down in, in the first game, she fills that void of like, I'm in charge now, me and my family. And this we're going to do this our way of like her mentality of. Of like helping everyone by any means necessary like you said that sort of marxist belief of like this is about the community and what's good for everyone and less about the individual which means i will sacrifice individuals for the greater good right um even my own daughter because her whole plan is i am going to make my daughter into like a super intelligence basically by taking all of the atom and essence of like my people and putting it into her to make her the ultimate leader like Mm -hmm. a selfless intellectual leader and you get the logs where she's talking about how she's been grooming eleanor for this and she's because she's like really cold and she's like yeah she's my daughter but like i keep her at arm's length i don't want to she will serve the greater good yeah and 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 also it seemed like less for her of like oh this is hard for me it's like i don't want her to be soft almost right like this is going to inter love and those feelings are going to interfere with her like performance and that's all i care about is like her her results um right the only other character in this game uh is uh the dude that's helping you out uh sinclair yeah uh, mm-hmm. mr southern gentleman himself you think he fin- was kind of finally like, they used it <laughs> yeah actually we mentioned last week that atlas originally was supposed to have a charming southern accent before they went with the oh, irish yeah, yeah so they kind of came back around here it didn't focus <laughs> test well so they they changed his voice interesting okay. yeah i, I, I still want that. colonel sanders atlas <laughs> <laughs> One day. um would you kindly would you kindly yeah i thought we were or, getting original or crispy which a kind of tell me <laughs> oh uh quick quick question do the big daddies have like a an activation phrase like would you kindly 
Did mm. did she use that against you when uh No you she shoot yourself? She just kinda just tells you to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah she's just like put the gun in your head, jerk. Yeah, I mean I guess trigger. you I guess yeah. you get to skip the subterfuge for uh your direct subordinates instead of your uh your your secret assassins that were thrown <laughs> yeah. in a lab, yeah, and all that, yeah, exactly. And then you know, eventually, and the other thing with this game is that Eleanor is helping you throughout the game. She's like leaving you upgrades and notes and stuff, saying like, "Hey, find me. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is bad." And you eventually find her, and then you know, Eleanor stops, you, or Sophia stops you. She stops your heart at one point mm-hmm. and severs your bond, and then you got to go fix that. And then Sinclair turns on you at a certain point because he has his own thing. Well, he's controlled by she turns Lamb turns him into a big daddy, right? Yeah, so later on, control, like yeah. when you're doing your big escape sequence, because mm-hmm. uh, eventually once you get back, because you get captured after uh, Sophia severs your bond, and then that's right. when Eleanor breaks you free because she turns herself into a big sister. That's right. Yep. Uh, so then you guys are going to like the the bathosphere pod to get out of there and then it's like rigged with a bomb and blows up mm-hmm. and basically it mortally wounds you so yep. you're you don't make it out but you do fight sinclair big, who big daddy <laughs> wait what i said you're a big daddy daddy oh, oh. Yeah, so you're da- saying daddy, daddy with like a british accent boy <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a big daddy, daddy. <laughs> big daddy was a british wrestler very oh, uh, kind of an icon over there, actually. <laughs> um, also, I would argue no one should be allowed to say "daddy" after age two. I'm just throwing it out there, but you know, here we are, grown men saying "daddy," "zaddy." He wasn't. He may. What's the Guardians of the Galaxy quote? He may have been your father, but, but I'm your he daddy. Wasn't, he wasn't, wasn't your, your big daddy. daddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a scene in this game where he, <laughs> the big daddy, <laughs> said that to Eleanor. She may have been your mama, but she was in your big daddy. <laughs> and that's where people ch- turned on the game, right, <laughs> right there. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you get blown up. You do fight Sinclair before you die, who is turned into a, like a super big daddy, and mm-hmm. and then you get a uh, one of three uh, endings depending on how you dealt with the little sisters, as well as the Rapture family, which uh, was another big thing with this game is that you could choose to spare or kill the the bosses mm-hmm. uh so alex you mentioned you were a heart of gold so i'm assuming you got this ending the good ending where if you rescue all the little sisters and at least one of the family members did you spare all the family members too or did you kill any of them oh i don't remember that i'm sure that one i'm sure i've killed some people like that but i know i saved all the little sisters not, okay not so, so good, you are you <laughs> yeah you do have a dark side it turns out yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I went to Catholic school. I learned to repress it, you know? <laughs> so, how's, yeah, that, how's that doing for you? Well, <laughs> I'm thinking about going to therapy. So <laughs> what does that tell hey. you? Hey. Well, Sophia Lamb is available. <laughs> yeah. But no, I believe I remember getting the like pure good ending. Okay. So that means you got this where uh, Delta dies in Eleanor's arms. And Eleanor absorbs his personality, basically his memories, everything. And then she goes back to the surface and she's on a mission to improve the world. And she takes some of the little sisters with her and they they make everything better on Earth, basically. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for the first time, the first game only had a good and bad ending. Bioshock 2 has three. There's a middle ending where if you basically you kill some, you spare others. Uh, you get a choice at the end where you're dying and you can either have Eleanor take your remaining atom 
and you know she would i guess do the same thing as the good ending where she just mm. goes and helps the world or she, you cannot let her do it you just kind of go like no 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 no. you have to live on your own and you die and so eleanor is kind of forced to go her own way and, and live her own life you know without your influence mm-hmm. and then if you're a cold blooded murderer <laughs> you get the bad ending <laughs> where eleanor takes your atom again but because she, you're a terrible person she gets that corrupted influence and she tries to take over the world <laughs> she just becomes full like dictator and, like, she's yeah. brain and pinky in a brain basically <laughs> there you go i like that better yeah <laughs> yeah dictator eleanor <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah i i probably got the good ending i don't remember but i'm kind of like you alex i tend to be a uh, goody two shoes for most of the time so i probably mm-hmm. got that one yeah um do you remember which one? Oh wait you haven't played it john's right um, no but i i mean knowing me i'd probably get like either the good ending or the middle ending um, okay Glad we're not also monsters. also a goody two shoes I, I like i like seeing the good in things unless like i feel like i would have killed probably some of the family members if they were like bosses that i would go up against that yeah, you only have to save one to get the yeah. good ending, so mm-hmm. yeah, you kill the ones that annoy you the most. <laughs> so, so not to de- not to derail this, but goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean like people, if you were good, you had two pairs of shoes versus other who did it? Like, what is that, where does that phrase come from? <laughs> the etymology of goody two shoes. Yeah. You can only you can only wear both of your shoes if you were good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're right. you're walking you around, around a little, yeah. little lopsided. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You got like, if you were good, that means you wore two shoes. Like good financially, you could afford mm. two pairs. But like, this is probably mm. an old timey phrase where having a pair of shoes is a luxury, right? I mean, it still is, but like even more so. Even more so now. So yeah. like, you see someone with two shoes, you're like, it was like the damn Daniel of his day. Like, damn Daniel, you little goody two shoes. You got both <laughs> feet covered. What? <laughs> I'm That's walking twice. around. Uh, yeah, it's oh, another I great was... old internet reference that you've made. <laughs> I'm wearing one flip flop and barefoot. That's <laughs> this is so... my life. This my foot hurts every day. I got to change them up to balance out the blisters. Yeah. So uh, here's here's the the origin of goody two shoes. Uh, oh, it's from, a, it's from it. yeah. So it's from a a book called The History of Little Goody Two Shoes, which was published in 1765. Wow. Um, and the, the summary of the story is it's, it's about an orphan girl, um, who, uh, her name is Marjorie Meanwell, which is, uh, uh, she's poor and walks around like a Bioshock character. Yeah. Uh, she's poor and walks around with only one shoe. She can't afford a full pair. Um, however, later a rich person decides to give Marjorie a pair of shoes and she's happy about the gift and she's so happy that she goes to tell everyone about her new shoes, which eventually earns her the nickname Goody Two Shoes. I'm looking at the picture of Marjorie Meanwell, and she could easily be a little sister, honestly. <laughs> I am Marjorie Meanwell, and I ask you, is the Goody not entitled to the two shoes? I don't know. Let's get, yeah. get me out of here, Marcus. See, this is why video gameography is great, guys. You look at this bonus fun fact you learned. You learn about Bioshock Two. You learn about Goody we're Two gonna, Shoes. We're put like... that behind the the Patreon tier, right? The oh, learning. Yeah, you don't want to learn this. too much. Yeah, we should right. probably not should for probably free. Tell Ken Levine about this story. He might want to write a game about it. I can fit this into my narrative Legos. <laughs> Both shoes. 
But yeah, there actually is a little bit more story here. So we mentioned yeah. the multiplayer earlier. Uh, the multiplayer did have a, a narrative to it. Nothing really fleshed out, but it wasn't just like, go shoot dudes. You played as a as a regular citizen in Rapture, and it took place in, between 1959 and 1960. So like during yeah. the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And the general premise was that you were testing out plasmids for Sinclair solutions. I did not play the multiplayer at all. Alex, you yeah, have you. said that you Expert. are a big fan of it. I really was. This is in the underrated multiplayer suite Hall of Fame that I'm coining now officially here. Um, I do have more on that list than just this, but um, I it was something that wasn't didn't need to be taken too seriously. Right. It is something that would die in the vine from a competitive standpoint today, even too. Right. Because it's like there was a lot of luck involved. Right. If you because if if you got the big daddy suit, because that was one of the draws was right. Like you could be. It was the true power fantasy of the Big Daddy, right? Where if you got lucky enough to get the suit in the match, it was on. You were sh- you were on thirty kill streak like like nothing, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I understand why that upset people, but when you got it, it was like oh, like that is what I was looking for in the the single player in that way. But it just the plasmids were so fun to play with in that setting too, and it was a nice little return to Rapture because it is it's Rapture before the fall, so you go back to some of those areas you're more familiar with in the first game. Um, and I just I just loved it. Helped that I was good at it, right? Number one, like I am I am toxically competitive at times, you know, especially back then. Yeah, um, still number one on the leaderboards. Yeah, correct. Yep. I just I keep making sure. Um, uh, but there was just this fun kinetic energy about it that i don't know my friends and i didn't take it too seriously right so we just hop on for a few games log off like there was a capture the flag but it was a capture the the little sister type Mm. of thing and it just it especially in those those times it was like this is what i not necessarily what i wanted but i wanted to live in this space more from a storytelling perspective right so it's like when you pair that with great fps mechanics like I was all in on that. I, you know, I know the cynics out there are like, oh, it's part of why that game was bad. And it's like, I really don't think so. I think, um, I think the this the team that worked on it did did a good job for what it was. You know, I'm not. It's I. It's on the underrated multiplayer Hall of Fame list for a reason, right? I'm not putting it up against Call of Duty, right? I'm not putting it up against like the original Halo games. But I think you're you're putting it there with Spies versus Mercs and Pandora tomorrow. Well, even yeah. then, I think if I said yes to that, uh, Alex Van Ake would, would Kool-Aid man this one this <laughs> this wall behind me. But um no, like I don't know, did you guys ever play Gotham City Imposters? No. I think I had a beta maybe. Okay. Yeah. Or actually, yeah, I might have played the beta. Great game. Underrated game. Like, so it's like that kind of tier of like, sure. oh, for like two or three weekends, yeah. like this is amazing. Like, this is what I want to yeah. jump into. And um just and they had a little bit of the Call of Duty upgrade system, right? Where you leveled up after every match and and you learn more about Rapture and stuff like that. There's surprisingly a lot packed into the multiplayer suite. Like Yeah, like seven modes. Yeah. Seven oh, yeah. like seven modes. Uh there's uh 10 different character types all all with their own melee weapons you have your upgrade tier for like unlocking different weapons for loadouts uh mm-hmm. you have an apartment that you can kind of deck out and yeah it's a uh, lot of stuff there's uh let's see here uh there were 10 10 maps and then like another six that came in dlc like they put a lot into them. the multiplayer yeah. um when yeah. I, when I was doing research for this, the the first video that popped up was uh, cheating 
in Bioshock 2 multiplayer in Uh-oh. 2021. And I'm like, <laughs> people are still playing this? I kind of, I'm... I don't think I knew that. Well, I guess they re-released it in the Rapture collection. It, it, so maybe it that didn't, I don't think it made it to the Rapture collection. I don't, I don't think it did. Oh, it didn't? No. Okay, so they, they've kept those servers I'm up? literally going to boot up Steam after this to go find out and see it how might be I feel about servers it or something. Yeah, well, I was going to yeah. say, is it fans with private servers? But it sounds or? like there might be a lot of hackers, so... Uh, okay, yeah. So. Which, I mean, you do. that's a big part of Bioshock, mm. that people are playing the, the meter <laughs> minigame to get right. aimbot assist. Yeah. That's how it works, yeah. yeah. No, and like I said, I ironically, like, that. that's suite was so much fun for what it was like it's not a generational title but i i do think people who think it's a cancer is like you didn't really yeah, play no. it or you're not into shooter shooter multiplayer you know and like, you don't you don't have to like it you don't have to play it but for oh, the people that it connects with it'll connect with especially like, too because they they farmed it out to another dev right like it's not like you can't make the argument you budgetary wise you can make the argument maybe it took a player but like hours wise you can't because it was a different studio i mean and it's a studio that specialized in multiplayer games like the the unreal championship on unreal tournament um extreme paintball uh they also worked on they worked on like the original unreal later they they uh i mean they made the darkness 2 um they made the multiplayer for Homefront, which okay well we can uh, stop yeah we can't we can't always can't always win not Um, always winners yeah so um, and especially yeah. to that juxta, like I said earlier, that juxtaposition of you finally feeling like the power of the big daddy, like through and through in that the multiplayer suites, uh, just just a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, really okay. like it. nice. Of course, we uh, would be remiss not to mention the last big thing with Bioshock Two. Mm-hmm. Won't spend too much time on this, but uh, late because this game came out in February, and then that August. We got the Minerva Den expansion, mm-hmm. which I'm ashamed to say to this day, I have never played it. I, I really need to because I well, it is considered one of the best DLCs of all time. I yeah. remember when it came out, it made a lot of noise. And it, just real quick, the synopsis is that because the story takes place at the same time as Bioshock 2, roughly kind of runs concurrent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're playing another big daddy subject, Sigma, and it takes place in Minerva, Minerva's Den, which is sort of the techie district of rapture uh and you're trying to help a scientist get some blueprints to fire up the supercomputer that he made called the thinker and to basically escape rapture but you also get like some new weapons like you get like a, a laser you get a, a gravity like manipulation plasmid uh but what's cool about this game is that it was developed by a small team about mm-hmm. like nine people led by steve gainer who people might know as uh, a fulbright fame in fact this expansion is pretty important to the founding of Fulbright mm-hmm. because, you know, when they had when they were presented with this game or this idea, DLC, he wanted it to be more than just like. Like more Bioshock 2, he wanted it to be like, like, take chances, let's get wild. Let's tell like a completely different kind of story because it's, it's about like AIs and stuff because a lot of Bioshock is about genetic Mm-hmm. like science and stuff so he was like well what if they were developing tech one of the early ideas that he had about that which i think is fascinating was like the concept that rapture was developing an early version of ai that would eventually lead to the creation of shodan from the system oh, shot games connecting the two oh, universes wow okay. yeah which is pretty fascinating uh but 
this was kind of this expansion was what gave Steve and his crew the idea to form Fulbright because they loved the experience of making a smaller narrative driven experience because it is a lot less actiony than Bioshock 2 is mm-hmm. like there's still action but it's not as involved because uh, right after you know this came out and you know did as well as it did uh, some of those people went with him to form Fulbright which if you're not familiar with Fulbright they went on to do Gone Home Tacoma mm-hmm. they got that open roads game coming right now you know there's been some recent controversy with Steve Gaynor in the last few months yeah uh, sounds like he but... learned some bad habits from his time at 2k <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah, it's just I, I was not aware that he had gotten his start no, working I on no clue. Nervous Den. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, so. uh, I mean, you get I, a lot of people once Minerva's Den came out and like uh, words started bubbling up that like this is secretly maybe the the best content for this game uh, was was surprising and it was very different for uh, for for games at the time. Like you didn't really have a a prestige DLC um attached to a, a prestige game i guess um it was always like eh, we're adding a like a little bit of side content um yeah this this uh did super well and really gave them the clout to to start up fulbright which is just cool i mean I, I, I like gone home i've never i never played tacoma actually is it, yeah, is it good yeah I, I liked it i like tacoma uh bioshock yeah. in space they say <laughs> that's what, that what they say uh which is what the bioshock was supposed to be originally funny enough twice what a wild what a wild world we live in <laughs> and what a wild game this is bioshock 2 folks uh you know this game like we said it performed well it, it sold super super great like it, it set it was like the uh i think like the highest selling 360 game in north america and in the first week it sold like wow Oh, close to like seven thousand, eight hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. I should say mm-hmm. copies between PS3 and 360. It sold over three million by March, which was close to the first Bioshock's like lifetime sales of four wow. million. Yeah, like there was a lot of anticipation for this game, yeah. and it scored pretty well. Like we gave it an eight point five, which you know, totally respectable score. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like you know, <laughs> it's Jordan Thomas looks back on it with mixed feelings, sort of a critical eye. Of you know, hey, yeah, it made money, which is great, but yeah. kind of wish it could have been more, I guess. I mean, uh, this feels like the Mass Effect Andromeda before Mass Effect Andromeda, right? The game that couldn't yeah. possibly yeah, not live as hated, up. But yeah, it's yeah, interesting I though. Think... I feel like time has been really interesting when it comes to Bioshock Two because at the start everyone loved it, right? And then I think we mm-hmm. go through this period of of history where it's like, no, screw this game, like it's like everything about it is bad, right? And that kind of visceral reaction then leads to the upswing, which I think we're in right now, where it's like, no, this game wasn't as bad as as y'all want to make it seem yeah. like. You know, it's hard, especially after Infinite comes out, right? It's another Ken Levine joint, and it is phenomenal. That was actually my game of the year over Last of Us in 2013. Um, it twists history a little bit right but it is not i i think we need to chill on the narrative that this is just some hogwash that 2k you know pooped out right like this is this has a lot of redeeming qualities and a lot of fun to be had we need 2010 john carson to uh to respect this game and not see it as like a straight to dvd sequel see like you just gotta (laughs) the problem was you were in that line for 
for so long, you just kind of you kind of <laughs> no, no, it, the, right? the, no. I wasn't I wasn't in that line for very long at all. I was there oh, for like right. five minutes, and they they called me up. They said, "Hello, hey. sir. Let's roll out the red carpet for you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another like, in chief of Game Informer, right? And you're that's, like, "That's me, uh, yeah. Andy McNamara." Hello. I'm like, I know these guys. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Like, I don't think like I've never gotten the impression that this game gets like the hate of like an Andromeda game just had to follow a masterpiece and was just like solid but maybe not as good but there is a there's a vocal group of fans that will that put bioshock 2 is like no this is actually the best one uh which i respect i think the game's good i i remember at the time not being as hot on it just because it was a little bit of diminishing returns like okay it's just you're not as wowed by rapture because you've seen it it, right um you know there was the combat was better it was more fun to play but i also remember feeling a little jankier than bioshock one like the polish felt a little like a step below bioshock one and i had that same feeling when i revisited it mm-hmm. which maybe the quick turnaround or you know relatively quick turnaround maybe has something to do with that but i think it's still a like it is a good game yeah. and it came out in a very stacked year and it was yeah. early it was february <laughs> that it came out so by the time you get to the end of the year you're probably like oh yeah that that happened mm-hmm. uh, it was fine um, outside of Minerva's Den, which probably what most people are talking about by the end of the year, like, yeah, but yeah. you should that, uh, which I will play that one day. But I think it's, like I said, it, I was m- most excited to talk about this game than any other Bioshock game because it's such an interesting. It feels like the it's it's not talked about enough. Like it, everyone, everyone hits one in Infinite because they are the Ken Levine games. They are uh, two different worlds, essentially, that are connected in a spectacular way. Yeah, it's the Arkham Origins of Bioshock. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but Arkham Origins is a great game, too, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. a good game. It's just not as good as Arkham City. No, no <laughs> a lot of games are not. Right? That shouldn't necessarily be. <laughs> That's a bar. Yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know if I was going to open up a can of worms there. We can save it for our, our Batman season. <laughs> can I please <laughs> be on the Arkham City one? Oh, my uh, God. We'll see if you'll be the first three time. Oh, uh, my God. Please, 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 please. I we came on for Bioshock 2, right? You know, like, why not Batman 2, you know? We, That's what we, I'm saying. I mean, we, we have we reserve ideas. the right. Yeah, we reserve the right to big league you. <laughs> oh, okay. oh yeah. no, he's going to big league us for the G. I'm not going to. I could have. I had the urge to go my brain, but I'm not going to. I mean, after after the episode yesterday, I'm sure you're going to you're going to want to yeah, um, I'll see if y'all get on the G.I. show again. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, stay tuned whenever that happens. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you next week, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, let's take this episode home. Bioshock to everyone, go play it. It's a pretty readily, uh, readily available. Those remaster collections that came out in 2014, and it uh, it wasn't really before that. The like the Minerva's Den stuff was kind of locked away onto on like the 360 and PS3 versions. Was it even on PS3 before? I, I feel like there was only like one. Is there only one console that it, it came out on or like that was available for, on for a while? Maybe. Pretty sure it came out for both just because Bioshock 2 launched for both yeah. same day on like the first game. Well, because uh, Bioshock 1 was an Xbox exclusive, right? For a year. Well, for a year. And PC. Yeah. And PC. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. time exclusive. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that was a more uh, more of a technological hurdle because of the way that the PS3 is uh is still shirt it is that, wild though to think about that 360 era like mass effect one was an exclusive to, to mm-hmm. xbox uh bioshock yeah. also minerva's den came out the same day for both okay yeah the, i mean yeah the, i don't know what i'm thinking of then but uh i i think no it, it didn't come to pc i think is the thing and it was yeah that's of, what i'm it saying it came to pc the next year consoles uh for quite a while and finally came 
to uh, new gen stuff with the or not new gen, but PS4, Xbox One. Right. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, play. Yeah. Do it. It's a game. Take the dive to Rapture once again. Yeah. Would you would you kindly? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And would you kindly follow us on social media? You can find me on Twitter at MarketStewart7. That's the number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Carson. What up? It's your boy, Alex Stadnik. <laughs> I, uh, I am on Twitter at Studnik76, S-T-U-D-N-I-K-7-6. There's no C in my name. Um, come hang out. Let's talk games. Let's talk about how I'm wrong about Bioshock multiplayer. It'll be great. Yeah. And, you know, reach out to us at uh, podcast.gameinformer.com. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you video gameography and the subject line so that Stat Nick doesn't get strange questions. Well, yeah. that he doesn't know what? Answer. Why, why would you want me to answer this? I'm mean, nervous dead. You could ask about that. I mean, you're on this episode. You are obligated to answer those questions. Now. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But yeah. Let us know any feedback, any questions or uh, corrections. If we got anything wrong, or fun facts about Bioshock 2 you want to hit our way. We'd love to read them. And also, if you're in a Game Informer Discord, you know, reach out to us on the uh, video gameography channel there mm-hmm. where we hang out, mm-hmm. chat. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. And until next week, we are coming to the end. You know, it's going to yeah, be a short a season because there's only three games. Yeah. So our next episode, we are going to be talking about Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. As well as announcing the topic of season five. Ooh, so there we go. I will like to, I would like to say before you sign out that uh, I would like to congratulate you both on, you know, Marcus, you being the host, John, getting on a show of your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, very exciting. You, y'all are both great, and I appreciate you bringing me on. So, and I'm excited to see what the future of this holds. So, thank, thank you. That's very sweet. You know, you're making me reconsider having you on for a <laughs> That's why I did it. <laughs> There's no he's, altruism he, in my body. He's actually, here, he's, he's, I, I see him right now. He's erasing my name from, from the co-host spot, and he's, t- <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's writing an Alex Stadnick? Yeah. Is that- Welcome to video gameography, folks. The yeah. (laughs) But no, seriously, thank you, and you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. So yeah. Until next week, folks. We'll see you then. And remember, we're all big daddies on the inside. Yep, it's that's very, it's very positive. Actually, the best I like one. it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh.